Hello, my wonderful friend. Welcome to Fate FM Drive Time. Welcome to Big Q&A. This is the program where we respond to difficult questions concerning God, faith, contemporary religion, and the Bible, and where we look at the word religious trend in the light of Bible prophecy. I am Nikrita, the South Australian Regional Coordinator for Faith FM, and I'm happy to be with you today. Thank you for tuning in. It's our pleasure to always welcome you and inviting you to be part of this program. I always like to uh, give you the number from the beginning that you may send us a text message and contribute to this program. The phone number is 04888-80811. Again, the number 04888-80811. You can send us a text message. You can share with us as we go into this program because we have prepare a very interesting topic for today. And that's, can an intelligent person hold to creation? For the whole week, we are looking into this, the church and creation in a post-biblical era. And we tackle a couple of questions like, does it matter whether I hold the biblical creation? Or What is biblical creation? Could God have created the world by using evolution? That was a great question. What do the gospel say about biblical creation? And we're going to talk a little bit more today, bring it together to see an intelligent person can believe in creation, can hold to creation. Because I heard about many times that... uh, this is this stuff is just for those weird people who believe in something greater and bigger and like God. But I'd like to welcome today with me here in the studio Tracy Papandreou. It's good to have you with us. Good hi, to have Nick. you back with us after yeah, a, a little break. break. Yeah, yeah. Hi Nick and hi to all the listeners. And also it's good to have uh, David Delima from Family Voice Australia. Well, thank you Nick. Wonderful to be here with you and Tracy on a very wet and wintry afternoon, I must say. Yes, it's nice here in the studio, which is great. But, you know, uh, the weather in my country, we said uh, that's a blessing because after the rain, sunshine comes. Mm. <laughs> we always look for the brighter side when it's raining. But indeed, here it's cold and wet. And I, and I don't think we'd actually appreciate the sun the way we would if we didn't, you know, have the the... Mm. The rain that comes every now and then, and you know, I think um, there's positive to be found in in each season. Yes. Absolutely right, guys. We are in today for uh, quite a special topic, as I said, because um, on, on this kind of thing, it it hangs all the things in in regard to believing in God, the Creator God, and um, David. You know that right now, as we talk, there is a um, summit mm. in Europe um, with um, under the United Nations, I think, yes. in regard to climate change. Yeah, and um, this gentleman, I, I think I may pronounce his name correctly, Antonio uh, Guterres, which is the UN Secretary. He made a very interesting comment, and if you like to listen to that, that was just a few hours ago. Mm. 
that if we continue to go in this uh, pace, you know, with uh, all the things which we do in this world, you know, uh, in regard to the climate change, I mean, the, the global warming, we are running out of many resources, but not only that. He said something interesting that we may need in short period of time three worlds to accommodate what the what we need as uh, as the inhabitants of this uh, planet Earth. Now um, I was not able to listen too much into that uh, speech, you know, and uh, what's going into. But uh, they celebrating um, 50 years since 1972. They uh, started this sort of uh, discussion in regard to global warming. Yes. Uh, have you heard anything uh, just recently, David, about that? Well, I must say we're fairly sceptical on this whole climate change matter. We had a webinar just a week ago with Professor Ian uh, Pilmer, and uh, if any of the listeners would like to go to our Family Voice website, they'll be able to hear his excellent expert testimony, uh, where he's he's certainly raising a great deal of scepticism about the planet and so-called uh, global warming, etc. Don't forget, Nick, that in the 1970s, we were all being told that there'd be a global cooling mm-hmm. and there'd be an ice age coming. Mm-hmm. Well, um, possibly possibly that prediction is a little bit true here in Adelaide. It's very icy out there. But uh, the truth is that, that, that human beings are really not able to do very much at all by the way of shaping climate. Mm. Uh, it's much more to do with the Earth's movements around the sun, uh, the activity of the sun, and also the activity of volcanoes on Earth, particularly undersea ones. Now, this in no way means that we should be ambivalent towards the environment or somehow uh, lacking good stewardship because God has given us an, a wonderful oasis to live on in this planet and uh, the, the scriptures condemn those who destroy the earth. So we should certainly be very careful, but we also don't need to lose our minds in the process and, and destroy our economies in the mm, process. Mm. And, uh, yeah, so so we have a healthy scepticism, I think, at Family Voice with regard to some of these matters. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad that you, you pointed out in that way because even myself, you know, I'm kind of uh, um, looking from a different perspective when we talk about all these things. First of all, from a Christian point of view, you know, when I look into Matthew 24, uh, we can see and a lot of things what's happening now which were um, foretold in Matthew 24 and I don't want to be here negative or even pessimistic but you know how in the Bible God instructed us as you said David instructed us all from the beginning the creation how to uh, live on this planet earth how to look after this planet earth and how to maintain it and well, what we Adam did was given the job exactly to right. actually care and, and tend the garden absolutely right and what we did we just destroyed you know and through the whatever sinful nature and greed and, greed, and yeah. destroyed now it comes in the bible says and it speaks quite a bit in the book of revelation and some other parts of the bible mm. that there will be a time when god will come to put an end to this planet Earth because it's this sinful planet Earth. Yes. And w- what what concerns me or even triggered me to look into this um, uh, today as we talk about creation and uh, can an intelligent uh, person hold on creation? That God says that 
this planet is on the verge of destruction because of sin, because Mm. God is going to come and put an end to it. And we are going to look into today's uh, program a bit more what God has in plan for Mm. us all, a new earth and, and so on and so forth. But people are... Yeah, yeah. You, you wanted to say, I, Tracy, something. I just something. wanted to also point out, you know, in Isaiah fifty-one six, it talks about um, the earth will wear out like a garment. Mm. You know, so even so long ago, there was the prophecy that the earth was going to eventually wear out, apart from God coming back, that the earth. Even before that time was going to be wearing down, if you like. That's again very interesting that you said that because I was looking just the other day into an article that um, this earth has like an expiry date. And people will say, come on, you know, the, the earth is the earth here, stays here, you know. But interesting that if you don't look after the earth or um, how it is now, it, they believe in this that because of whatever is going on, it's more desert coming every day, you know, into into this planet, which the the ground is not fertile mm. in many places. Well, anymore. because they've been, it's been over, uh, overused, exploited the ground, mm. hasn't it? I mean, even in 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 God's design, there was a design to rest Earth as well. Absolutely, you know. So I'm probably getting off topic a little bit, but um, you know, all throughout the Bible. There's been instructions about how to take care of things, and you know, you know yourself. You've got your house. If you don't maintain it properly, you know, before you know it, mm. um, it it's it's falling apart, and and you know, not worth very much at yeah. all. And you know, because man strayed away from from taking what the Bible says and reading it literally, that advice we need to take on board, thinking, I'm smarter, I know better. Because of that, we have not followed through and we got the end result. And we are very good on uh, exploitation, you know, like to, I remember when I grew up uh, in beautiful uh, place in Transylvania, I should say that, in Romania, uh, we had that habit of letting some parts of the ground to rest every few years. Not only that, but even shift it around the crops, you know, uh, to put different crops that will help the ground to um, to maintain. But here, because of greed, you know, we just try to get as much as we can out of it. But back to the um, to the actual thing that um, we talk about here, uh, the possible um, destruction, and these people are even uh, addressing to a, a worldwide summit. Um, that we we run out of even space here on this planet Earth because of uh, climate change, and not to mention that um, there are some organization and, and religious, I, will, I should say, organization who are very much into this climate change. I don't know with what sort of interest there, uh, and I'm not going to that into that today. But uh, there is a lot of debate. There is a lot of debate, um, Tracy and uh, David, in regard to to this. And sometimes it can be, um, how to say, it can hide some other things going behind the scenes. You know what I mean? Uh, just Church put it, is coming, becoming very political in it, some that's ways. That's what I'm trying to say, but I'll try to find a nice way to say it. Oh, you know, sorry, uh, no, no, yeah, it but it's there. good. But it's very good. <laughs> yeah. um, and uh, David, let me just ask you, 
probably a question or, or two just to start this uh, discussion because um, we mentioned about the the destruction, the creation and destruction. You know what the Bible has to say in regard to creation and destruction or recreation. Yes, well, the Book of Revelation is very helpful in that respect. Um, because it's speaking about what God will be doing at the end of times, but I'll preface that by referring us to Isaiah, the 34th chapter, Isaiah 34 and verse 4. Uh, this is God's judgment on the cosmos. All, mm. the, all the stars in the sky will be dissolved, and the heavens rolled up like a scroll. All the starry host will fall like withered leaves from the vine, like shriveled figs from the fig tree. So... The reality there is uh, certainly very strong, isn't it? And then from the book of Revelation, the the 24 elders, we read about them saying to God, your wrath has come. The time has come for judging the dead and for rewarding your servants, the prophets and your saints and those who reverence your name, both small and great, Mm. and for destroying those who destroy the earth. So God does not want us to destroy the earth. Uh, He will... will Recreate the earth. Let's put it that way. Yes, that's his job to do. But heaven help us if we try to take on that task. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wonder if what is driving some of the concerns about climate change is really a, a recognition of our own sinfulness and a feeling of guilt, and that we should try to do something. But that it's really boiling down to worshiping nature rather than being a good steward of nature. Mm. So. When we're a good steward of nature, we're recognizing God as creator behind it. Um, But if we take God out of the picture, then, well, what do we worship? And people are increasingly worshipping nature. Yes. And and again, you know, I haven't uh, finished my thought before because uh, I was excited about these things coming together even from a secular point of view. Um, But I was going to say that when God uh, asked the human being, you know, to look after uh, the environment of this planet, mm. we didn't care. And now God is saying he's going to come to put an end to this. In other words, uh, David and, and Tracy, to destroy it, you know, because mm. to recreate, you know, kind of uh, the Bible says that it will be destroyed. And now human beings wake up and said, we want to save it. Mm. God says, we are going, I'm going to come and destroy it, recreate a new earth. But men say, no, 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 mm. we are going to uh, save it. Correct. And I think this is the problem where uh, we are kind of uh, working in in parallel, to say so, with the, yes. uh, with God's plan. That's right. The danger is that human beings will take on the role of God or try to take on the role of God mm. to to decide whether things will or will not be destroyed. But listen to these words from Second Peter. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief. The heavens will disappear with a roar. The elements will be destroyed by fire. And the earth and everything in it will be laid bare. Since everything will be destroyed in this way, what kind of people ought you to be? You ought to live holy and godly lives as you look forward to the day of God and speed its coming. That day will bring about the destruction of the heavens by fire, and the elements will melt in the heat. But in keeping with his promise, we are looking forward to a new heaven and a new earth, the home of righteousness. Right, beautiful. Mm. Second Peter three. Mm, that's that's very good. Yeah. Mm. Any other thoughts, uh, Tracy, have uh, on uh, on this aspect? Because I was going to ask another question here. I mean, maybe both of you. Um, uh, now, should a Christian 
just simply wait for God to destroy and recreate the, the world? Or what's our uh, position on this as a Christian? Well, I think, you know, we need to recognize God's sovereignty mm-hmm. in this. We need to accept what prophecy says. Mm-hmm. We need to care as best we can for the planet and do our individual bit. But I think more important, rather than, you know, getting caught up in rallies and political things about climate change, I think getting ourselves right with God in preparation Mm. for Christ's return is actually what we should be doing in this waiting time. Yeah, And the reason I I ask in this way, um, David, I'm I'm coming to you now, um, because as a Christian, you know, you may say, hey, we know, as Tracy, you pointed out, through prophecy or through the teachings of the Bible that this world will be destroyed. Then should we say we don't care about the world anymore because it's going to be destroyed anyway? Mm. Is that the position of a Christian? No, indeed. We are called to be good stewards, as Tracy's pointed out there. Humanity was placed in the garden to work it and to take care of it, to subdue it, Mm. and to enjoy the fruits that it produces, which is not only edible fruits, but it's also gold and it's onks and it's uh, resin. And uh, these are all mentioned in the pre-fall account. You know, it says that uh, the, the gold in the land of Havilar is good. Uh, it's a strange statement because mm. gold is gold, but we're talking about different ores here. In the ancient world, they were unable to get the purity that we can get these days, which means that there are various ores uh, that become um, influential on the on the on the metallurgy mm. and on the smelting. Mm. And so, there is such a thing as good gold or bad gold uh, in the ancient world. If it's if it's uh, adulterated too badly by other things, and you can't purify it because you're Metallurgy is not sufficiently advanced, but there's a metallurgical analysis there in Scripture before the fall. Right. Because the narrator there, presumably Moses, uh, is saying that the gold of the land of Havilah is good. And this is before the fall. So there's a pre-fall concept about the goodness of mining. This is rather uh, a politically incorrect thing to say today because so many people are saying, shut the mines, you know, shut down uh, the whole process. Well, we just can't. And they say that as they're busy using their smartphones um, and, and, <laughs> and jetting around the world from one conference to another, but we won't explore that too deeply. Uh, the point I'm making is that there's a, a complete lack of wisdom uh, when we rely upon our own understanding. And what huge frustration there must be for people who have no hope except that they have their own ability, they think, to engineer the future of the world. Well, yeah. I've got, I've got uh, a wake-up call for, for, for them. None of us can do a thing about climate change. All we can do is be good stewards. The, the real drivers for climate change are what the sun is doing, our orbit, and mm. volcanoes under mm. the ocean, of which we have absolutely no control. So, yes, we should be good stewards over the things we can control, but we, we, we're we full of hope, uh, whereas without God, we're just full of despair when we think about the fate of the Earth and the cosmos. Yeah, yeah. And uh, still under this uh, segment of uh, World Watch, which I like to just um, put a few questions here, maybe just one more um, uh, to both of you, uh, yeah, David and Tracy. Um, 
as a Christian now, as I mentioned in the previous question, uh, I mean, what is our responsibility, you know, um, to the planet? Just, mm. just in a couple of words, just to to mm. highlight uh, this, yes. to see if we can um, uh, also, f- because we are going to look into the Bible also. Uh, in terms of uh, how a person relates to creation, you know. But what would you say? Mm. What's the role of a Christian? Well, uh, what about prayer? Mm. There's not much prayer going on mm. for the environment, uh, and yet it's all in God's hands. And so we need to pray to him for his forgiveness. Uh, the scriptures connect the fertility of the land to the condition of God's people. Mm. And uh, if if we are a righteous people, then we'll be blessed our crops will be blessed, our yes. barns will be blessed, the fields will be blessed. And uh, so we really need to restore a theology to to this whole environmental question, to recognize that it's in God's hands and we need his blessing. And, and without that, no matter how clever we are about cloud seeding or recycling, all, all of which might be valuable as far as they go, but they don't go far enough. It's the hand of God that's necessary to, yeah. to bring any good thing. Oh, that's wonderful, David. I really like that because I experienced myself, personal experiences uh, when I prayed how God uh, intervened, you know, and mm-hmm. changed events. Uh, mm-hmm. And these days you have uh, hurricanes in places where they've never been uh, the case of, or the weather, the patterns, you know, weather patterns change uh, dramatically. And I, I thought it was, I, it was interesting what um, David was saying and what came to mind as you were saying that, David, was about you know, you're talking about the connection between righteousness and blessings. Um, and if we look back right through the 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 Garden of Eden, yeah. the first curse as a result of disobedience was a curse on the land. Yes. And so it would be difficult for Adam to to work the land. That's right. You know, so so that was a direct. We saw that from the very beginning, a, di- a direct relation between disobedience and a and a curse on the land. Mm, absolutely right. Hey, my, my dear friend, uh, listening to this discussion as we started uh, today here on Drive Time um, about. Uh, um, can an intelligent person hold to creation and then uh, associated with this you know we just talked about the climate change and the position of human beings towards this and even those people who don't believe in God uh, they are worried about things going on uh, I would like you to to come with the, your uh, thoughts uh, what you believe and what do you see in regard to this and share with us you can do that by sending a text message right now to zero four triple eight eight zero eight double one. We'll be very happy to uh, look at those messages and share together. This program is made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio. And we are also, we are very thankful to the Adventist World Radio to support us, uh, to be able to put on air these uh, programs. I may come back to you, Tracy, again here and just ask a a question. Can an intelligent person then um, hold to creation? I've actually been pretty much asked that that specific question when I was living in Italy. I I, I find it interesting sometimes how God brings people together. One of my closest friends, very, very strong atheist. I was at Christian conferences while she was at atheist conferences um, and she said to me once you know you're an, an intelligent person Tracy you know how can you believe this stuff but I think 
You know, one of the things is that many who think that the creation account is a fairy tale, they've not looked at the evidence for creation. And also, um, some for some people, atheism is their religion. Mm. Mm. They don't want to look at both sides of the argument. I think a bit of that might come down to because they don't want to investigate further because they don't want to discover that they have a God who is sovereign Mm. over them and as a part of that is seeking for them to change their worldly ways. Um, Your worldview has, excuse me, your worldview has so much to do with how you will interpret any data Mm. results. I'd just like to quote this. Um, So scientists in 2009, they found the best preserved fossil example yet of a salamander that was allegedly 18 million years old, which had soft muscle tissue Mm -hmm. in it. They couldn't believe this. And prior to that, in 1997, scientists first found actual red blood cells in fossil bones from a Tyrannosaurus rex. Now, what what could be, the, how you, could you interpret that? So, creation, um, people who have a worldview of creation interpreted that to say, well, there you go, there's evidence that these fossils are not as old as these people think that they are. Mm-hmm. But instead, those who have the evolution worldview, they just simply said, well, isn't that great? We've worked out that these um, uh, elements of, 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 of body parts, they actually can be preserved much longer than we thought. Mm. And that's just a simple example of where you've got science, you get results, the result, both sides of the of the discussion, if you like, see those results but interpret that very, very differently. So your worldview mm-hmm. in terms of whether you have a secular worldview or whether you have a creation worldview will inform and no, it won't inform. It will lead um, the interpretation that you have. I was going to ask uh, if you could expand a little bit, just to explain about what that means about the worldview. I mean, you have a different worldview. I mean, and David, yeah. Well, if we make the presupposition that there is no God, then we won't find ev- any evidence for him. But if we recognize the possibility, at least, that God exists, then we'll see wonderful evidence for his hand. The number of scientists who are also Christians, Mm -hmm. persons of faith, and who hold to what the scriptures say about creation, there are many, many scientists Mm -hmm. who hold that view. And even those who deny the existence of God, they seem to be unable to deny the reality that it does seem that the cosmos has been made with humanity in mind. Right. In other words, this, this planet, it's just in the right distance If it was a little bit closer to the sun or a little bit further away, there'd be no life. Mm -hmm. If the earth were 10% bigger or 10% smaller, there'd be no life. Mm. If the planet Jupiter wasn't in the cosmos, by now the earth would have been bombarded with comets, which are otherwise attracted by Jupiter. One of them hit Jupiter just about uh, 20 years ago, Right, uh, the Shoemaker-Levi comet. If if that comet had, had hit earth... Well, it wouldn't have destroyed all of life, but it would have made life most uncomfortable. Mm. It would be out there chasing rabbits, I think. But the the truth is that it does seem, uh, atheists acknowledge this, it does seem that the cosmos has been built with humanity in mind. Well, 
Isn't that an indication that there might be a God out there after all? Yes, yes. Yeah, Tracy? It, it's really, you know, to, to, to sum up easily worldview, it's the filter mm. that you have on mm. which which leads to how you will interpret things. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and, and, and the filter that you choose really... Um, it impacts on everything. I'd like to give an example. Let's talk about um, Dawkins, who's the poster boy for um, the theory of evolution these days. Now, he holds to the theory. I actually saw an interview with him, which was very, very interesting, um, where he was pushed on, mm-hmm. on, on exactly what he believes. And he holds to the theory that it all began via a primordial soup being present on the earth, i.e. all of the different elements needed and they they miraculously came together to produce your first single cell um, living organism. Um, But when pressed on that theory on how those elements of the primordial soup came to earth, he stumbled around a little bit and then he said, um, well, well, um, there's probably some life force that came from an- another planet who seeded the elements here on Earth. So he has no problem believing in aliens, mm-hmm. but he does have a problem believing in an intelligent designer, even though everything you see in nature is just bursting with design features. Um, so, so yeah, that that's just... Um, a, a, an, an example, if people do not want to see God, if they do, they do not want to see intelligent design, they won't. Another example, you know, there's remnants of ancient sea life fossils on Mount Everest, right? And so some will say that's evidence for global flood. Um, others are saying, no, that's just the result of tectonic plate, plate movement, you know, and that depends on your worldview mm, as to how mm. you will interpret that. Yeah, absolutely right. And um, I think what you're saying here, even uh, those people like you, you mentioned here, you know, Dorkins, uh, in his arguments, uh, but what he is um, struggling with, as you just pointed out, to come with a clear answer to the theory of evolution. Now, we as Christians believing in God and in creation, we have a lot of evidence also even on maintaining, you know, how God is maintaining his creation and what he's doing with this. Uh, of course, this is a strong belief, but it's not less to believe in evolution because you don't have uh, too many things at, uh, at hand to Document or to say clearly, oh, this is what it is from a scientific point of view. Exactly, you have a belief. I mean, you have someone who's 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 prominent. His idea is it's aliens who started it all, mm, right? Mm. But a lot of the time, that that side of it, the assumptions that are made for the base level uh, things, they're they're not promoted very much, right? You know. Indeed, and as we discuss these matters, I'm thinking of that uh, important scientific principle, which is sometimes called Occam's razor, which means that you should choose the simplest explanation. And the simplest explanation is that there is a creator who has made the cosmos. We perceive this almost intuitively. You know, the, 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 the story of the mother whose little son said to her, Mummy, who made the trees? And she didn't believe in God, but she had to say, well, God made the trees because mm-hmm. 
she couldn't really bring herself to, <laughs> to deny his existence in dealing with her, with her child. The so so by intuition we we recognise that there is a God out there, and the more we take on the presupposition that there is a God who has made, the more everything makes better sense, because we we see in creation a wonderful testimony to who he is and our own place in his kingdom. Mm. For example, we, we all have to sleep every night. Now, an evolutionist would say, well, we sleep because that's just one of the defects of, of the system, uh, which doesn't really make sense because the human body is an utterly marvelous thing and even atheists r- r- recognize that. Well, then why, why do we have to shut down for a third of our lives. But if you take on the creationist perspective, you say, well, in sleep we rehearse death and resurrection. And that's a very powerful piece of theology that we uh, recognize God has built into the cosmos in order to speak to us. In other words, if there is a God who's out there, well, why doesn't he say something? Why doesn't he speak? He's speaking through creation. Mm. And and the Bible is very clear on that point. In uh, Psalm 19, the heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of his hands. Day after day, they pour forth speech. Night after night, they reveal knowledge. So atheists might say, well, look, you Christians say there's a God there. Well, why doesn't he speak? Why doesn't he say something? Well, Creation is speaking, but if we if we presuppose that it's just an accident uh, and that there's no meaning, that there is no God, well, there can't be a message. Yes. But if we recognize that there is a God who has created, then, ah, the message starts to unravel before us right. and be revealed. Right. Um, I mean, just uh, take a message or, uh, or two coming, uh, coming through here, and uh, one of the messages, um, it says there, if there is no death in the so-called future – New Earth, will there be also no birth? No, I don't believe there will be. Yeah, because those who are faithful to to God will be the ones who will be saved at the time that the Earth is destroyed, and we're told um, that there won't be any marriage Correct. in heaven, so there won't be the same kind of relationships between man and woman mm-hmm. um, producing. Children yes. uh, going forward, mm-hmm. and I believe that um, God does that because we will still have free will. Uh, we won't be made into robots that we will that we will you know follow flo- follow you know without question. We will have had those experiences and know that what God asked us to do is right for us. And I don't think I might have this wrong, but I don't think that God would open up that chance again, you know, for 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 people to to be born and and not have lived that experience yeah, that yeah. we live to understand how awful sin is. Right. Because we talked about the two theories. Uh, if there are two theories there, and no one was present uh, to record the details, um, unless, of course, if you, you believe that the Bible is true, documentation of what took place um, and it depends on uh, your worldview uh, Tracy you just um, talk about that um, so how are we going to interpret uh, this can you just share a little bit briefly before we go into a break well I would just say for Christians um, trying to marry up evolution with the rest of the Bible is a very dangerous place to go um, one you're saying that you can't believe what um 
God says to be true. I mean, Jesus actually talked about creation, right? So, um, so I think it's a dangerous place to go because you then get to a place where you go, well, what else can I not believe completely in? Mm. And I'm of the view you either take it all or throw the whole thing out because otherwise you're just skating on on um, thin thin ice. Jesus said that he existed before Abraham, that he was the I am. You know? Right. So he's talked about all of him being part of creation. Um, in John 1, it's very clear. Uh, it talks about, um, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him, nothing was made that was made. Mm. You know, so either... So, so if you can't believe in Genesis, then maybe you need to not believe in John, and then where do you go from there? Yes. So, you know, I think it's um, it, it, it's it's a much more intelligent thing for a Christian to do their work, um, go and investigate what um, creation scientists have to say, and do that so you can be comfortable. In being able to believe this, because yeah. otherwise you're, you're going to get yourself I'm glad in a that very you, bad space. Yeah, I'm glad that you mentioned that because there are many uh, more uh, Christians these days who believe in theistic evolution, uh, and uh, that pu- can put you to a quite difficult place. But hey, I said that I'm, I'm going to take a short break. Before that, I want to give the free offer, the book which you have for today, which is called Creation and Evolution. This is a wonderful book by uh, uh, Dwight Nelson. Um, the debate is heating up. Did the loving God create this earth or um, are we the random product of millions of years of natural selection? Is the Bible teaching of a literal six-day creation viable given the scientific evidence pointing towards evolution? Or can both theories be successful blended into one? Now, take a look at the evidence prayfully. Search your heart and then draw your own conclusion. The fact is that since no one was there in the beginning, as uh, we asked that question, Tracy, both theories of origin require faith. A perfect requirement for the one who wants to know the truth about the beginning and the end. This book is your, my dear friend. Send us a text message with the code SA. 48. SA stands for South Australia, number 48, and this book is yours free of charge, no obligation. Please send us a text message to the number 04888-80811. Right now, a piece of music, When God Speaks. Oh, 
Oh, welcome back. You are listening to Fate FM Drive Time BQ&A with Nick Rita and with me here in the studio is Tracy Papandreou. Uh, Tracy worships with the Seventh-day Adventist Church here in South Australia, Brighton, Seventh-day Adventist Church. And uh, Tracy, it's very good to have you with us. And also we have David from uh, Family Voice Australia. David De Lima is the director of Family Voice Australia for South Australia and the Northern Territory, but uh, stuck here in uh, South Australia for now um, under this beautiful weather uh, with um, with a lots of rain. Uh, but. In the next few minutes we have left, we just want to tackle a little bit more this aspect of uh, can an intelligent uh, person uh, hold on creation? And um, we are just talking uh, before the w- two different worlds view. And um, either way, you know, you need to have a lot of faith to uh, to believe. Now, I may ask this question. Uh, direct um, uh, question again or maybe a statement here uh, sometimes uh, those who choose to believe uh, the creation account as it is literally documented in the bible are mocked as being unintelligent how do you think this influence people i may start with you uh, tracy and i will come back to david i think um human nature is such that we feel uncomfortable if we if um if we believe something that is different than than other people, so there is peer pressure, if you like, um, for for us if we've got a, a different kind of belief. I'm quite conscious that academia has gagged academics who simply want to put on the table the idea of intelligent design. Mm. You know, not necessarily even putting the name of God to it. So I work for the CSIRO, so I work with scientists. I know that they go to nature to look for intelligent design and. Yet, they do not want to put intelligent design on the table as part of the origins. You know, those who've dared to try to do that, they've quickly seen research funds cut mm. and also loss of positions and basically excommunication, if you like, they're treated like lepers within the research community. So when people see that, when researchers see that, you know, that that kind of encourages people to keep their head down. You know, you might see situations where researchers, they will not in their research acknowledge intelligent design, but you speak to them personally and that's what they believe. Mm -hmm. But if this is what's going out to people, well, they're being led to believe that there is no other intelligent option. So, and, and can you uh, mention some names which yeah. may stand up for uh, you know what they believe? This is just one organisation which I <coughs> which I really uh, like uh, the Creation organisation. They produce a magazine called Creation, um, and so let's look at just just the ones that are, that are working with them. Dr. Ron Neller, who has a PhD in fluvial geomorphology. Dr. Pierre Jerris. PhD in molecular biology, Dr. Robert Carter, PhD in marine biology, Dr. Jonathan Safari, PhD in physical chemistry, Dr. Don Batten, PhD in plant science, Dr. Taz Walker, PhD in engineering, Dr. Jim Mason, PhD experimental nuclear 
um, physics. And, you know, I'm also right now, I just want to mention I'm reading a book the, uh, called um, The Exodus Case. And that's being, that's written by Leonard Mauler, who he's a scientist, but not in the area of geology or anything like that. But he's using his research skills to diligently go through the research that others have done. Okay. And, you know, I'm learning amazing things like that there's sulfur balls, um, Exactly where the Bible says that that, that Sodom and Gomorrah, you know, the, mm. there was um, r- um, fire rained down from heaven, and that's still present in this in the rock there. You know, we actually have have evidence here that that goes back to what's in the Bible, and it's far more evidence in regard yes, to absolutely. creation and all the, even from an archaeological archaeological point of yes. view, uh, David. Yes, just as we are discussing these matters, and I mean no disrespect to scientists, but your point, Trace, is well taken that sometimes scientists can be very unscientific, uh, very illogical. Uh, Listen to this statement. It was made in 1909 by the Scientific American Magazine, which is uh, a very prestigious journal. It reported that the automobile has practically reached the limit of its development. Mm -hmm. 1909, well, things have (laughs) developed massively since then. And listen to this statement by Richard Horton, who's the editor-in-chief of The Lancet, which is probably the most prestigious medical journal in the world. He has said that peer review to the public is portrayed as a quasi-sacred process that helps to make science our most objective truth-teller. But we know that the system of peer review is biased, unjust, unaccountable, incomplete, easily fixed, often insulting. (laughs) Now, again, I mean no disrespect to scientists, but scientists are human beings like the rest of us with all of our prejudices and our irrationalities on a bad day. And scientists, like all of us, need prayer and the revelation of God to break Mm. through the hardness that would otherwise deny the reality of the revelation that God has provided in creation. Uh, I'll just give you one example as as our uh, time is starting to draw to a conclusion. God is speaking through creation about who we are, who he is, about Christ. And wonderfully, we have the caterpillar, which is lowly. It's worm-like as it crawls along the ground. But then it ascends the tree, just like Jesus, who was humbled and was fixed to the tree. And then the caterpillar appears to be dead. It's, shall we say, shrouded in the cocoon. This speaks to me about Christ who was dead and was enshrouded, enshrouded within, the to- within the tomb. But then a total transformation occurs. And I'm fascinated to have learned that it's only in recent years that scientists have discovered that even individual cells in the caterpillar are pulled apart by this wonderful transformation that's occurring to make entirely new cells and entirely new structures I mean, we knew about the structures, but we didn't know that it drills right down to the cellular level. But this wonderful transformation occurs, and then the butterfly emerges to arise and to ascend with glory, as did Christ Christ from the grave to heaven. Yeah. So mm. I can't think of a more wonderful parable uh, about Jesus and his his death and resurrection Absolutely. than what God has built into creation. Yeah, beautiful, mm-hmm. beautiful. And there are many examples uh, we have to intelligent design in nature. And it is very hard to imagine that uh, it is all random, Tracy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just a couple of things. I think about the shape of the ear. 
Mm-hmm. And 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 the way it's it's been formed in such a way that it's the the most um, optimal design mm. for actually catching um, uh, sound waves. Mm. You know, um, I also think about the miracle of creation of a new life. Mm. So you know, mum brings, oh, well, wife brings her bit, husband brings his bit, but where did these two bits get their instructions yes. for how to bring it all together. That's you right. know, when, uh, we, when, yeah. we, when we look at our, our, our little children sleeping, I recall this, they're all grown up now, but yeah. you'd look at your, your little child sleeping and say, where did you come from? Absolutely. It's just a marvel. And you mentioned about Jesus, uh, David, and um, um, we know and we believe Jesus will return uh, again for those who believe in him and uh, being uh, their personal uh, savior and take them back to heaven. This is a very interesting thing. Uh, but eventually the, the heaven and the earth will be renew, you know, will be made uh, new. Now, can we just very briefly say something about this new uh, heaven, uh, new earth and new heaven? Well, it's going to be made new. Uh, we won't have all of the concerns and the worries that we have now. I mean, in Revelation 21, <clears throat> uh, John says, Now I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. Also, there was no more sea. Mm. So, you know, um, we know that... that um, there is some difficulty ahead, but it will all be made new Yes, in, in God. I'm looking forward to seeing extinct species being restored. Yes. Mm. You know, how, how, how insulting it must be in the mind of God to think that we have destroyed entire species. Yes. I think of the, of the Tasmanian tiger where in the 1920s, I think it was, there was a bounty on the Tasmanian tiger. Mm-hmm. You could kill it and be rewarded mm. until to its great horror, the government suddenly realized that there were hardly any left, and then suddenly you'd be punished if you'd kill one. This mm. is the stupidity of man. Um, yeah. Mm. Hey, um, we have uh, maybe one minute each, if you could just bring together a few thoughts, uh, and maybe, David, um, let's uh, start with you, sure. just uh, uh, yeah, bring together I, a bit. I've quoted Psalm 19 already about the heavens declaring the glory of God. I'd love to conclude now with Romans chapter 1. Since the creation of the world... God's invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen being understood from what has been made. Beautiful. Tracy? I just would like to say, you know, you can't have one foot in in each camp. You either have to believe the Bible for all it has to say and take it on a simple read or throw, throw it all away. It brings to mind... Um, in 1 Kings 18.21, where the prophet there is saying, How long will you waver between two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal is God, follow him. There's a lot of evidence for creation as outlined Mm. in the Bible. It's not made freely available to people. Christians should go searching for material from Christian scientists and understand the arguments on both sides so that they can be comfortable that they can take the Bible literally. Absolutely right. Uh, Tracy, how would you feel like to pray um, uh, after this discussion, you know, that God will uh, guide us and direct us to uh, to understand uh, in, in the way 
you know, he designed it mm, for us all. Sure. Dear Heavenly Father, I just thank you for the ability to speak for you, for all of us to be able to speak for you today, dear Lord. And I pray for our listeners, Father. I pray that you would open up their minds where there are doubts. Father, I pray that your Holy Spirit would lead. And um, I pray that... Um, Uh, people would be led to the information that they need so they can have the assurance that your word is true. This is made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio. Amen, amen, and I didn't uh, mean to cut you there, uh, Tracy, but at the time it's gone, I still want to give you this uh, beautiful book, uh, Creation and Evolution by uh, Dwight Nelson. You just need to send us a text message to 04888-80811 with the code SA48 and the book is yours. Uh, Time is up. Thank you so much for being in us today. Please uh, join us uh, again uh, when we are going to to uh, look at the, the topic beyond the grave, the Bible and the passing of death. And the next program will ask this question, how does a pastor view death? And they come across this uh, many times, even uh, conducting funerals. Uh, Tracy, thank you so much for uh, being with us. And David, uh, thank you for uh, taking time and come with us also. May God bless you all. And my dear listener, you be blessed. And continue to walk in the footsteps of Jesus and ask God to reveal to you his uh, will. We leave you with a beautiful uh, song here. There is my father's world. This program has been made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio. This is my Father's world And to my listening ears All nature sings and around me rings The music of the spheres This is my Father's world I rest me in the thought Of rocks and trees Of skies and seas His hand the wonders This is my father's world The birds their carols raise The morning light, the lily white Declare their maker's praise This is my father's world He shines in all that's fair In the rustling grass can hear him pass. He speaks to me everywhere. This is my father's world. Oh, let me ne'er forget that though the wrong seems oft so strong, God is the ruler yet. This is my Father's world The battle is not done Jesus who died will be satisfied And earth and heaven be 
Satisfied 